Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24:15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. Are you ready to get into the Word? Well, open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, as we continue with our series called Back to the Basics, studying the elementary principles of Christ so we can have a firm foundation and move on to the deep things of Christ. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, Let us go on to perfection, or maturity, as I put it, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment, and this we will do if God permits. And then reading verse 1 again in the Message Bible, I like this. So come on, let's leave the preschool finger-painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place, turning your back on salvation by self-help and turning in trust toward God. Now, as we have been studying it, these six, what I call foundational stones in Hebrews chapter 6 are repentance from dead works, faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And as you know, I've added the cornerstone being Jesus Christ himself found in 1 Peter 2.6. Continuing where we left off, we were talking about dead works versus faith works. I kind of made up that word faith works and got it out of James chapter 2 and verse 18, which says, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Wow, that's really interesting. You see, if you're a Christian, uh, people ought to notice. People should see it by what you do, by what you say, how you act, and what you believe. Why? Because faith without works is dead. I call them faith works. Faith works include living our lives for others, as we were discussing, and I also call it the duty of self-sacrifice. And as we read in Romans chapter 14, verse 13 says, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall in our brother's way. Skipping over to verse 16, Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. And then verse 21, It is good neither to eat meat nor to drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. And then in chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, We then who are strong 
ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let us, or let each of us, please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. What is Paul saying here? We discussed yesterday, and we'll discuss it some more today, about that we are to abstain from the appearance of evil. Paul was saying, in his culture, eating meat or drinking wine could cause someone to stumble or be made weak. How is that? Well, some people would think that the meat was offered to an idol. And we'll look at that in a minute here. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 4 through 13, Therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no other god but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. Continuing in verse 7, he says, However, there is not in everyone that knowledge. For some with consciousness of the idol, until now eat it as a thing offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. But food does not condemn us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worst. Verse 9, But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. This is a key verse. Key verse, verse 9, But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you, here we go, who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? Verse 11, And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? And now he gets serious. Verse 12, But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Verse 13, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. And then in verse 1 Thessalonians 5.22, he says, abstain from all appearance of evil. Even though you may not be doing anything wrong, if it appears that way, he says it's wrong because we need to be living our lives for others. I have a story about a pastor, a young pastor with a very attractive wife. They were recently married and they got an opportunity to uh, minister in a country church that needed a pastor. Well, he did a really good job, and they hired them, and they became the pastors of the church. And one thing that they liked to do, they were a very romantic-type couple that they would like to have on their anniversaries and special celebrations, a candlelight dinner with a glass of wine. You and I know there's nothing wrong with a glass of wine. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that a glass of wine is often good for those who are sick. However, They were having a Bible study over their house, and someone happened to open the refrigerator. They happened to see the bottle of wine, and a very interesting thing happened on the next Sunday. The pastor was getting up to preach from the pulpit, and several of the men walked up to the pulpit, grabbed him by the shoulders, carried him down the aisleway, and threw him out the front door and said, We're not going to have a drunkard as a pastor. You're fired. Very sad story, but let's analyze what happened. What we see here is exactly what the scripture says, that Paul says he was a mature person. However, there are others who are not as mature in the scriptures as we are. While we know that drinking a glass of wine isn't going to hurt anyone, we also know that the scripture doesn't say that it's wrong. 
But these people thought that he was a drunkard. They looked at him and said, Wow, we don't want a drunkard as a pastor. And they threw him out the front door. Who's right and who's wrong here? Well, what we need to do is read 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 4, and see how we can analyze this. He says, The elders who are among you I exhort, I, who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you should receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. You see, we live in a society where alcohol can be really a problem. We live around some people who think that it's a sin to have a glass of wine. Another thing we must consider is whether or not our behaviors would encourage someone else to do something that wouldn't be good for them, like drink alcohol hmm, or smoke cigarettes or things like that. We know it won't keep somebody from going to heaven, but it sure could become a stumbling block for someone else. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 9 through 13 one more time. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother to stumble, Paul says, I'll never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. I'm personally glad I don't really have to consider becoming a vegetarian in our society to live for others. However, I know that alcohol can be a, a struggle for some folks. And as a children's minister or an associate pastor and now a senior pastor, I have to be very careful in what I'm presenting and how I'm leading and how I'm mentoring other people as they watch my life. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then, we as ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I call it the duty of self-sacrifice. It's where I abstain from even the appearance of sin. It's the opposite of dead works. You see, dead works does not just include obvious sin, but it also includes knowing what is good and not doing it. James 4.17 says, Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. We could call them works of righteousness or good works. Titus 3.8 says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I want to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. In review, we've been studying repentance from dead works out of Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Some of the dead works are obvious, like Galatians five nineteen through 21. These are definitely things we should repent of. It talks about the works of the flesh. Those are dead works. It says they're evident in Galatians five nineteen. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, 
just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But then on the other side of repentance of dead works, we should also consider the good works, or what I call faith works, of living our lives for others. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And verse 24, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So we have dead works, and then we have faith works. Repent of the dead ones and bring forward the good ones. And in review, the seven foundation stones, can you picture it? The cornerstone of Jesus Christ, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. Repentance from dead works, faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And in our next session, we're going to start with faith toward God. Well, that's all the time we have today, so I look forward to being with you in my next netcast. Mark your calendar, set your clock, and tune in next time as we continue in establishing our foundation with Jesus Christ as our cornerstone. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.